The Oklahoma Sooners landed a linebacker, adding to the depth. We'll talk about Connor Near on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms, and shout out to the Everydayers, the Everyday Club, people tuning in to Locked On Sooners every day. We got a commitment to talk about and so many other things Oklahoma-related. We're going to bring on a good friend of the show, Preston Gant. You know him from the PG show, and we're going to bring him on right now, man. Preston, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, guys? I'm excited to be on. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So let's let's get into it, man. Connor Near, Fair State linebacker, D two, making the jump up not just to D one, but Power Five, big time Oklahoma football. And Preston, we'll start with you, man. What do you think of, of Connor Near, his game, what he brings to the table? Yeah, well, and you know, and just in terms of starting off at D two and getting to make the jump to, like you said, just Power Five football, not even just D one football. That's a uh, pretty nice. But I, I think this is going to add some much needed security for Venables and a roof in this linebacker room because you're bringing in three stellar freshmen and Samuel Masigo, Lewis Carter, both of those guys I think could play in the fall for you. They're not going to be a Kobe McKenzie or Kip Lewis type situation, but um, you know, a Phil Picciotti, a guy I think that probably needs to sit through the season, probably to put on some like a uh, good strength weight, if that makes sense. Um, and then you never know if, Kobe McKenzie or Kip Lewis are actually going to turn out. I can't remember who said it, uh, but somebody was talking about it on their podcast the other day. And they basically said, you know, they look good in spring, but what if they don't look good in the fall? So basically this is just giving you more depth at that position, uh, more pieces to turn to if somebody else isn't panning out. So I really like it in terms of that. He had good production at Ferris State. And, uh, you know, Brent, uh, Brandon Drum put on Twitter, he said, uh, in an interview with Connor Neer, he said, my linebacker coach, t- coach told me that if I get a call from Coach Venables that I better take it. Four days later, here I am. So it doesn't get much better than that for the Oklahoma Sooners. Well, and I think my reaction to it, Preston, was, look, if there's – and there should be a lot of them, defensively especially for Brent Venables. But if there's one position group that Brent Venables and Ted Roof jointly sign off on sending out an offer – it's linebacker that Oklahoma fans should say, okay, well, let's trust that Brent Venables knows a little something or two about linebacker play. And so for me, that was the, the first thing here. And then it's just the, uh, the great experience, the national championship experience, which, look, I get it. Some folks probably aren't going to get totally past the Ferris State portion of this. But to me, man, I just think, you know, jump from high school to college football, multiple national champion. And I like the tape. You know, I, I, I get it. I get it's not tape against the Texas Longhorns or the Horned Frogs or the Michigan Wolverines. I, I I am aware, but it looks good. It looks good. He's got a nose for the football. So to me, if uh, if this is nothing more than, hey, you add depth to add depth and you help your practice numbers, then by all means, bring somebody in in Connor Near that's, what, 6'2", 235? I mean, he looks the part, John. So to me, this is an exciting get for Oklahoma. It would not have been at the top of the, I think Oklahoma is going to add board, but here we are. 
you got to start somewhere and not everybody is going to go the, the direct path to, you know, power five, you know, football program to the NFL, you know, a lot of guys are going to find, you know, they got to find a different route sometimes. And Connor near found that route. You know, you, I just went and Googled real quick, the best, you know, D two players that are currently in the NFL, you know, um, Adam Thielen played at Minnesota state. Um, John Brown, who you know made made a living as a little wide receiver for Arizona. Austin Eckler, one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. Um, another you know big time D two prospect. So it, it's not just that he's a D two player. Like have an open mind a little bit to what Oklahoma's getting here. And as Preston mentioned, it's important depth for a roster that is very very young at linebacker, and probably the position that most people are saying like. Where's the transfer portal addition at linebacker aside from Desan McCullough? Cause you need some depth at inside linebacker. Cause you don't really have it past Danny Stutzman. You're expecting Jaron Canick to make a jump and become a big time player. You're hoping that Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis add rotational, you know, depth to your linebacker core. But what happens if they're just not ready for, for big time college football just yet? I mean, they're still just sophomores. These guys, they've only been at the college football level for now a year and a half. So they're still working their way into big time college football. It, it takes time. So you add a piece like that. You're still getting Shane Witter back. I mean, that that'll be an important depth piece as well, but you, you had to do something in the transfer portal. And this is a kid that was very highly sought after. I mean, he had offers from Georgia tech, Duke, Michigan state, Cincinnati, Texas tech. So, I mean, it may not be Bama in Georgia, uh, you know, Ohio state, but those are some solid power five programs that would have loved to add this kid and Oklahoma got him and potentially as one of their, you know, third, fourth, maybe fifth linebackers on the roster. Yeah. And you mentioned it. Yeah. Shane Witter. I love him in that linebacker room. I think uh, he is one of the linebackers that I would really like to see get some playing time this year. And I think, you know, with a lot of these guys, it's going to be situational per the team you're playing because Shane Witter, it's like that speed at, I mean, if you have that speed at the linebacker position, yeah, Shane Witter has a chance to start out. But yeah, no, I think Connor Near, he has an opportunity to break out and be a um, undervalued person in the transfer portal for the Oklahoma Sooners, which, you know, I'm going to trust BV because he did it at Clemson all the time. He finds hidden talent that nobody else is looking at and turns them into NFL prospects. So, well, we are hanging out tonight, as you can tell, with. Uh... Well, let's just call them the PG show where you can check them out on YouTube. It's Preston Gant that's in the house with us. I believe content creators should support other content creators. So for those of you that, you know, love listening and following us here on Locked On Suitors, please uh, check out the PG show on YouTube as well. Preston, I think this sort of naturally leads us down the avenue of, okay, so what do you get in Connor Near? We've talked about that, but the overall linebacker room, as a whole, what do you make of it? Danny Stutzman obviously leads the Big 12 in tackles last year, though I think there's a faction of the fan base that like wants something more from Danny Stutzman. So just where are you at with uh, defensively where Oklahoma and Brent Venables, where do they have this linebacker room top to bottom right now? Well, we talked about it in the green room, but Dan like the spring game, I got to see some of these linebackers look a little bit sharper this year. And so that's what I'm hoping we see throughout the summer and the fall is they continue to fine tune 
their ability to communicate on defense and communicate to each other where they need to be at on the field when their shifts on the offense and things like that. That's what I'm looking for because last year they showed glimpses of being good, being great. And then they would just like a couple plays or a couple drives and they would just look lost out there. Like they didn't know what they were doing. So with Danny Stutzman, I want to see him take a leadership role this year, especially in that linebacker room. I'm not saying he's got to go win it, but I'd like to see him put up a butt kiss type season. I think he has that potential in him, but he's really going to have to spend time in the film room. He's going to have to spend time on the practice field. And if he does that with Venables, yeah, Venables can turn him into that. I'm really excited to see Kobe McKenzie because we've all seen the pictures of Kobe McKenzie next to Kenneth Murray as I think it was a recruit. Like I'm, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see what he's able to bring us. I'm excited to see this cheetah this year because you have, I think so many different dynamics at that position with Desan McCullough, or we've heard Peyton Bowen could potentially play that role uh, or Reggie Pearson or Justin Harrington, who we've had on the podcast many times that talks about that cheetah position. But I, the Linebacker position to me is so interesting because you have two freshmen, I think, that are coming in this year and Sammy Omosigo and Lewis Carter, who I think could be key players on that linebacker room. They're going to drive Danny Stutzman. They're going to drive Kobe McKenzie and Jaron Kanak and all of these guys that have been here for at least a year to be the best that they can be because Sammy Omosigo and Lewis Carter, they can steal your job. Yeah, they're legit dudes. And you talk, I mean, Brent Venables can't talk highly enough of Lewis Carter. I feel like every time that he's asked about the linebacker position, he makes sure to mention Lewis Carter and what he could potentially bring. I remember it after he did it at the spring game in the spring game post-conference. You know, he he asked, he mentioned a guy that wasn't even there yet. So I just I think that just speaks highly of what Lewis Carter is going to bring to the table, a Tampa Catholic uh, graduate that's going to be a really exciting, you know, the dude's just a really good football player. Like he, he did everything for Tampa Catholic and he did it really, really, really well. So it's a very, very intriguing name. And then, you know, Parker Thune, our guy that we've had on the show several times, I mean, he can't speak highly enough of Samuel Masigo. He says that that's a kid that's probably going to come in ready, like physically ready to, to play and be a contributor uh, as a true freshman, which I mean, that's a really tough position to be a contributor as a true freshman, but some of these guys, they're going to have that that background and that that skill set that's going to let them do some good things uh, once they get on campus. We're going to continue to break things down. We're going to circle back a little bit to the spring game, get some more takeaways. Just look at the Oklahoma's kind of their roster, the state of it as we go forward. But we're going to do some more of that after the break. First, I'm going to talk to you all about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried it, you're missing out. It tastes great, great for you. Low carb, low calorie, low sugar, high in protein. Does great for the macros. It's a really good you know, meal replacement, pre-workout, post-workout, whatever you need. Tastes great. 100% covered in chocolate. Again, low carb, low calorie, low sugar, high in protein. You're not going to find anything like that. 100% covered in chocolate that tastes like a candy bar. Peanut butter brownie. You will not miss if you get the peanut butter brownie, the mint brownie, coconut almond, coconut brownie chunk, the, the churro puff. You cannot go wrong. Go to built.com. Use promo code lock 15, get 15% off your next order over at built.com. Check it out at Sam's club or Walmart as well. So speaking of just kind of some spring game takeaways, you mentioned to McCullough a little bit. We didn't really talk much about Kip Lewis either, who led the team in tackles with 11. The dude was just flying around. Now his body might not be completely ready. Brent Venables even mentioned that in the post game press conference, but 
I mean, the fact that he's already out there making plays had broke into the two deep depth chart for the cheese it bowl against Florida state. That's going to be a name to watch at linebacker as well. Yeah. And you know, he's doing it against what's going to be one of the best offenses in the country. I mean, I know people, they might laugh at that because Dylan Gabriel is still the quarterback, which he's going to be the quarterback the whole season. So people are going to have to get over that, but this is going to be a top 10 offense. You know, Jeff Lebby's always had a great offense. He's at Oklahoma. He's got all of this talent. They continue to add wide receiver talent around Dylan Gabriel. I have no reason to believe that, you know, they're not going to be a top 10 offense this year. But Kip Lewis doing it against this offense. Now, I'm curious to see, though, like, you know, every year you see somebody break out or have a big spring game, but then they don't put it together in the regular season. I'm curious to see, is Kip Lewis that guy? Or, you know, is this going to be a Kip Lewis that we're going to see throughout all next season? Or maybe, Preston, is it just a foreshadowing for 2024 and beyond? I mean, maybe maybe it's not for right here and right now in 23, but a, a Stutzman moves on and we revisit it later. We'll see. What other big takeaways did you have from the spring game? Uh, anything in particular that really, really caught your eye from the spring game? Yeah, so Jackson Arnold's really good, but I think, you know, we all, uh, I think, I, I, you know, I think we all expected to see that. But I, even though Jackson Arnold's really good, I still think everybody needs to pump the brakes because he's a true freshman quarterback. And, you know, I think it's a little bit easier to do those kind of things against a defense that you see all the time, not, you know, against a Oklahoma State or a Baylor. I, I point those two out because look at what a true freshman Caleb Williams did in the spring game, did in the regular season, but then when he went up against two great defenses, he struggled. And that's kind of what I point out with Jackson Arnold. I think he needs a full year in the system to fine-tune his body, fine-tune his skills a little bit, uh, and then at that point, I think he'll be ready to go once DG moves on. But it's interesting because we got to see a little bit of it, and then DG mentioned it later on, but he's working on his pocket passing staying in the pocket a little bit more. So I thought that was interesting. I'm curious to see how that develops again, going into the fall, because I think if he is able to be a better pocket passer and because, I mean, we know he's he's going to have a great offensive line in front of him. Uh, I know they kind of struggled a little bit at times uh, during the spring game, but I, I don't think we're going to have too many problems with the offensive line going into the regular season and maybe outside of depth. But I mean, I might just be, um, you know, freaking out too much about the debt problems. But yeah, when it comes to uh, Dylan Gabriel being a better pocket passer, I'm curious to see how that works because he's going to have time to throw to those receivers and those receivers are going to get open. You know, speaking of receivers, it's I think that's one of the areas where there's a bit of a question mark because you come out of the spring game, you feel still good about Jalil Farouk, you still feel good about Drake Stoops, but then you got a kind of a whole mismatched group of wide receivers kind of battling it out at wide receiver two. And since April 22nd, they've added a Brennan Thompson and look to be the front runners for Jordan Tyson. So they're continually adding names to it. What do you make of the wide receiver two kind of depth chart, that position battle as we kind of await summer workouts? Yeah. So wide receiver two, I think, I think it belongs to Drake Stoops. So I think your wide receiver one is going to be Farouk and then two is going to be Stoops. I'm curious about three and four. You know, does, does Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson step up and be, you know, the tall receivers we thought that they could be? Because I think, especially going into 2024, Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson have an opportunity with Bryant Wesco and Zion Kearney, because I believe Bryant Wesco will be a part of that class. You could put out 
you know, your, your smallest receiver is going to be six, three plus whatever tight end you put out there. Like, like that could be an insane lineup for the Oklahoma Sooners uh, going into 2024. So I'm curious to see who breaks out at three and four at that wide receiver depth chart. Is it LV Bunkley Shelton? Uh, How do we utilize uh, Brennan Thompson? Is he going to be like, could we run Farouk and him at the same time and kind of run like a dual jet sweep or something i don't know like how's that gonna work like you know how how creative can this staff get with all of this talent because you have a lot of talent you're gonna have to make a lot of guys happy and we know how it was when lincoln riley was here with all of those great wide receivers you can't all the time give everybody all the touches that they want so how are they going to make everybody happy how are they going to utilize them who's going to show up and be wide receiver three and four that's the question i'm watching i am curious to see if tyson ends up committing to the university of oklahoma because i think he could be a actually a bigger addition than people think that is a beautiful transition it's almost like we scripted this we did not preston gant by the way is our guest of the PG show, you can check it out right here uh, on YouTube. If you're on the YouTubes, just search the PG show, subscribe, uh, hit the notification bell, all that fun stuff. But so transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal. I've been singing the praises that while there's a portion of the fan base that look, we're not going to ever be crazy about changing times and the transfer portal is not fun. One thing is it's beautiful. For, for Locked On Sooners, it's beautiful for the PG show. It is a content creation magnet. And so one of the big storylines has been just across the board transfer portal additions. So play this game with me. Let's treat it as though Jordan Tyson is an Oklahoma Sooner. I know that that hasn't officially happened yet, but play the hypothetical with me. Two offensive, two most important offensive transfer portal additions for you and the two most important transfer portal defensive additions for you because the landscape there has changed a little bit who are they like guys that we can go out there and get or guys that we do have guys that are coming to oklahoma <sighs> okay well i think brennan thompson's definitely got to be up there because on the offensive side of the ball in just special teams i think he's going to help provide some ability there to where you don't have to play a billy bowman as a kick returner or a punt returner so that he doesn't get hurt. I, I'm, I think he's definitely key. Walter Rouse, people, I think, overlook the offensive line, but that left tackle position was going to be a question for people this year. That left side of the offensive line in general. I think Walter Rouse is going to definitely help stabilize it. Obviously, on the defensive side of the ball, you have to say McCullough because, you know, well... He's that good. He was what was what was he like a freshman uh, all American or something like that? He was he was absolutely insane. And then Reggie Pearson because Reggie Pearson he's able to come in and give Peyton Bowen that buffer year. He's able to maybe help provide him a little tricks, you know, out of his bag. Uh, he's able to help teach him a little bit. So uh, I think those are probably the two most important on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, we're big Reggie Pearson fans here on the show. We think that the edge that he's going to bring, just the physicality, the way that he plays fast, we, we saw a little bit of it show up in the spring game. Having that for 12, 13 games, hopefully more uh, in the 23 season will be huge. Desan McCullough, obviously, that dude just flies around. He, he's going to be great. Uh, a couple names that we also love, Rondell Bothroyd, just a, a guy that brings enough production that he could have been drafted in the NFL draft had he decided to go that route. Uh, a, a important edge slash interior line piece. And then, you know, 
I think offensively, you kind of hit the nail on the head with Walter Rouse. We haven't gotten to see him yet. He's he's still recovering, you know, from an injury, but by fall camp should be ready to go. And that's going to be a, a huge, huge piece for this team. We saw a lot of Caden Green at left tackle. It's great if Caden Green can come in and win a job, but you really would prefer to rely upon a guy that's got what 37, 38 starts under his belt, you know, well over, you know, 2,500 snaps at the collegiate level to be able to plug in there at left tackle. Um, a lot of intriguing options, Josh. One more for me though, is Austin Stogner. We saw what Braden Willis was able to do in this offense when get, when given a full complement of snaps at tight end, we, you talked about the wide receiver position and how Lincoln Riley and you know Dennis Simmons, they rotated that wide receiver position in 2021 and nobody was happy. And th- I mean, nobody complained at tight end, but with Austin Stogner and Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis all splitting snaps, you didn't really get to see somebody kind of take off. Well, in 2022, Braden Willis didn't have to share snaps with anybody and he took off. This year could be a big time year for Austin Stogner. No, yeah, that's a really good one. I totally forgot about. I, I everybody forgets like, about Austin Stogner because it's like he's everybody been does. here. Like, I mean, it, it, how often do you get a guy transfer out of a program, go somewhere for a year, and then come back? Like, I don't know if we've seen that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rondell Bothroyd's a great one. Uh, I mean, honestly. I really like Devon Sears on the defensive line. I really think there's a lot of upside with him. I know people are like, well, he's from Texas State. He hardly performed. I'm like, yeah, but the staff picked him for a reason. I definitely like his size. So, yeah, there's like when you look at the defensive side of the ball, I don't think the staff made a bad pull out of the transfer portal. Just big picture question here. Where are you at with Oklahoma football? It seems like most everybody's positive. And there's been the grace year given for Brent Venable's first season and the turnover, but it was a six and seven season, right? And that doesn't happen at the University of Oklahoma. So where are you at with positivity for this program? How important is 2023 in your mind? What is a reasonable expectation for you? I think a reasonable expectation is 10 wins. I think they need to win 10 games this year. Uh, I know a lot of people say nine, but I look at it and just go, you know, I think the only loss on their schedule or only two losses on their schedule are to Texas. And I say that because I've been really high on Texas this year. I think their offensive line is incredible, and I think they're going to be in the Big 12 championship game. And not very many times do you see somebody beat somebody twice in a season. But, you know, I, I think Texas might have our number this year. I think they're just that complete. But Oklahoma, I don't think they can afford to lose less than 10 games. There's not with this cupcake schedule. I mean, this is like Georgia's schedule where you have one tough game and then you can continue rolling on. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's my expectations. I'm ready to see Oklahoma win a national championship. I mean, I'm 26 years old and I've never seen it. I've seen them beat, go to the national championship, but they went in 2000 and I think I was three or four. So I'm not watching football at three or four years old. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready to see us get there. And I think when we go to the sec, it'll be a little bit harder. And so, you know, I think the playoffs expand next year to 12 teams. There's an opportunity there, but you're going to need to be able to build on it. And if you want to land a guy like Sammy Omosig or not a Sammy Omosigo, Sammy Brown in the uh, recruiting class and Edric Houston, KJ Bolden, those guys, you're going to have to go out there and win 10 games. You're going to have to show significant improvement across the board. Uh, and if you can do that, then I think you have a real shot to go out there and maybe land some of those guys late or flip them late because they're going to see that development on the team. So that's what we have to see 
this season. You have to see the development of the team. You have to see them win games. They have to win those close games. Like You can't just win a game by three points. You need to be able to go out there and do it in Oklahoma style by 10, 14 points, maybe even more. So. Speaking of the recruiting trail, you know, Oklahoma is well positioned for several five-star, you know, a couple five-star defensive linemen, several other blue chip defensive linemen as well. Williams Ranieri drops his top 10, Oklahoma's included. Obviously, they seem to be the front runner for the the uh Lee Summit North prospect, but also included Colorado. Prime time. Get away. You're the new Mel Tucker. Get away from Oklahoma. Get away from Oklahoma's prospects. Get away from Kansas. You're not welcome. Yeah, I don't know that one. Um, I don't know. It. It. it I, I'm like, did, did you just not have ten teams and you had to find somebody to fill it? Because I talked to somebody who is close to him, and uh, I mean, he's not really been a fan of Coach Prime. Like, he went out there, checked the boxes, dotted the eyes. But I mean, I'm like, well, did that visit? this last one go better than we all thought like what's going on there like i don't know i i, I don't think colorado's a serious contender i know colorado fans will sit here and tell you all day long oh my gosh we're in top 10 like but i don't think williams is taking a visit there or an official visit uh i think you know i think because i went back and forth with will funk today on the youtube uh when they were doing their um recruiting corral thing um i think he said georgia is getting official Oregon will likely get one, Missouri, Oklahoma. I don't see Colorado landing an official, to be honest. I don't think they're really a player, but it did shock me that he put them in their top 10. I think he could have put maybe a different team in there. Well, how many of these defensive linemen in this class is Oklahoma going to wind up landing? What's uh, who, who is Oklahoma when it's all said and done? The dust settles on this 2024 signing class. And I know, I, look, I we're, what, seven months away from the early signing period, so a lot can change between now and then. But shoot your shot, my friend. Who's signing with Oklahoma in this class up front? This is such a hard season. This is such a hard question. Like, I have pondered this question so many times because I'm like, you hear so many good things about how they're in a good spot for David Stone. But for David Stone, there's other factors that are keeping him from committing to the University of Oklahoma. Uh, Williams Winery. Like, I think he's here. I think he's Oklahoma all the way. Like, I, 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 I that's how, that's just, yeah, that's kind of what I got. Nigel Smith, you know, I've, talk to him I, I feel like it's a 50 50 right now but it's been oklahoma for so long he loves the staff he loves david stone he loves joseph jonah jonah who i think is going to be in the class i mean we talk like almost every other day at this point you know i'm like but how many of those guys can you really land so i'm thinking they probably land four or five just because when you go to the sec you need to bring in that much talent with you and the defensive line and the offensive line i think are two areas where you got to be able to take you know four or five people because you're going to have to add that depth i mean i looked at the offensive line i think they could lose four or five people this season to uh either graduating out or the poor or um or to the draft so i mean on the defensive line it's the same way you're going to have to bring young talent in there you're going to have to let them develop so maybe your second year in the sec you have a top tier sec defensive line so i'm thinking david stone william uh, assuming we can figure fix those other problems williams winery nigel smith joseph jonah ajonye but i've kind of gone back on that edge rusher because i'm like well you got ross you've got logan thomas i think you have owen waffle so i'm like you know who who's potentially going to be that edge i'm going to go ross just because it's the kansas city area and the staff's going to recruit it well um zadavian sims it's a toss-up i'm going to say he's an oregon duck though 
All right, final question for you, Preston, before we let you get out of here. The player we're not talking enough about for 2023 with the Oklahoma Sooners. Well, I would have said Josiah Wagner, but everybody's talking about Josiah Wagner now. So I'm going to say Caden Green. I don't think people talk enough about him, especially with what he's been able to do this spring and stepping up for the injured recovering Walter Rouse. I've got to say Caden Green. He In his second year at for Oklahoma, he's going to be a star. He's going to be a stud. That's a guy that I think could be a first-round pick when it's all said and done. Well, maybe should have led with this, but Preston Gant has been uh, hanging out with us tonight on Locked On Sooners. Check out his work, the PG Show. Dude, you are crushing it. Love the content over there. Keep it up, folks. Go support him over there. Here's your elevator speech on the way out. Tell folks what they uh, what they will find inside the PG Show. Yeah, so do lots of interviews with recruits. Um, I've actually got a couple that I'm editing, putting out. I'm actually going on a bachelor trip this weekend. So uh, tonight's a lot of editing, scheduling videos to go out this weekend. So uh, a lot of recruit interviews we talk about, especially if they went to Oklahoma, their recent visits, things like that. Give you guys an insight to what that looks like from a recruit standpoint. And we try to mix it up a little bit. We don't try to do just 2023. We're doing 2024 and 2025. And I'm not into the 2026s yet because they're still so far away. But kind of giving you an insight to what those two different years look like um, for them. And then also, you know, we do interviews with current players. I think we've got one with Dalen Smothers coming up, just to kind of work and try to figure that out. Uh, and then, of course, we cover all things college football. So I'm trying to cover whatever team is hot at the moment on the recruiting trail, whatever the news is, we're going to talk about it. We're going to make sure you guys stay up to date. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Preston, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you all go follow Preston on Twitter at The PG Show. Go check him out on YouTube. Subscribe to his channel as well. Get all that Oklahoma Sooners content. Make sure you're following Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Here on Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref and Norman. Follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And the show is at Locked On Sooners. But until next time, he's Preston Gant. He's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll talk to you then. Boomer Sooner.